Welcome to Channel Journeys, the podcast for channel professionals that will enable and inspire you to create your best channel journey ever. Meet and learn from channel experts who share authentic stories of their channel victories, defeats, and lessons learned along the way. Here's your host, Rob Speed, a channel chief on a never-ending quest for channel knowledge and adventure. Hello, Channel Pros. Welcome to Channel Journeys. This is Rob Spee, your host and founder of the show. How are you doing? I have been doing really well, having a lot of fun lately. At OutSystems, we hosted our annual customer event virtually for the first time ever. We had uh, thousands of people join us, and it was really great to see all the sponsorship from our partners as well. And the week before, we had our partner event, first time virtual as well, and that went over really well, I'd say. We had over a 1,000 people join us online, which is probably three times the number we had when we were able to host a global partner kickoff early in the year live in Portugal. So there definitely are some benefits of, of going all virtual, though I'd, I'd love to see a mix of the, the live and virtual events. And for the Tour de France, you know, I love watching the tour. It's been a brutally fun tour this year with the mountain stages knocking out many of the favorites. By the time you listen to this, the tour will be finished. They're about to arrive in Paris. Looking forward to that. And also, by the time you listen to this, it'll be the first day of fall. So summer has officially ended. Dang, I love summer, but fall's fun too. And I got a chance to be interviewed twice, once by Ann McClellan at TSIA, and then by uh, today's guest for his show. And I'm hoping he'll post that soon, and I'll share that with you. So who is my guest today? Well, I'm very pleased to introduce to you Steve Benson who is the CEO of Badger Maps, a company focused on helping field sales reps be more efficient. And Steve's also the host of his very successful Outside Sales Talk podcast, where he talks to all sorts of experts in the aspects of, of outside sales. And uh, it was really fun to be on his show. Well, today, Steve and I talk about how to lead an IT channel sales team through this time of economic crisis driven by COVID-19. And Steve shares a lot of great tips and things to think about. So let's just jump right in with Steve. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, Steve, good morning. Welcome to the Channel Journeys podcast. Great to have you on our show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And where do we find you hunkered down these days? I'm in San Francisco. Is that your home base? It is. Yeah, I've lived here for years. All right. Awesome. Well, really a pleasure to have you on the show. And, and I really wanted to chat with you about an interesting topic in, in these times that we're experiencing. And that's how do we lead our sales teams and our channel sales teams in this time of crisis? You know, this is not something any of us have been through, though we've been through tough economic times. And what's interesting for me, Steve, too, it seems like a tale of two worlds right now. There are are companies that are going gangbusters. I was hearing about Home Depot on the radio this morning. Amazon's doing well, but others are going belly up. And I, you know, that's true in our, in our end customer base. It's true in the case of IT vendors and even our partners. Some partners are doing very well and others are really struggling. So is that the same thing that you're seeing, you know, in your customer base? Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is an economic situation that's affecting certain organizations and companies extremely negatively, obviously, and, and basically shutting certain activities down. And, you know, on the other extreme, it, it actually benefits some organizations. But for the vast majority, it just uh, messes them up a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, their revenues 10% off, their, you know, businesses 15% down. So, you know, 
the GDP is down 10%. So we can, we can assume that this is generally bad for, for most people and, and some are extremely bad and some it's actually even good for, but on, on the balance, it's, uh, it's, it's bad for us. So whether you're in a company doing well or, or really struggling, what are you seeing in terms of the challenges or new challenges that sales leaders or channel sales leaders need to overcome that they might not have been thinking about before? Well, a couple things, I guess. So first, the first big challenge is desperate competitors doing desperate things. A lot of companies are are really hurting and they're willing to do things that they would not have done before. And your competitors might be doing things like deep discounting, liquidating their inventory just to make ends meet, giving away free things, free consulting, free mm-hmm. other things that, that may be an attempt to steal your customers away from you. Yep. Then also, you're going to run into challenges from your prospects, challenges from your customers that you weren't running into before, resistance that, that wasn't there before to doing deals, your prospects not wanting to engage, not wanting to meet in person. If, you, if someone really didn't want to meet with you before, now they have the best excuse ever. A lot of just resistance to spending money. There, there can be budgetary freezes from the top of organizations. Um, you know, everyone's just being a lot tighter with their money. Procurement departments have been empowered to, to save money and, and they're, they're looking to leverage the down economy for discounts, better terms, generally jamming down your margins and, and making it harder for sales teams and channel sales teams to sell. Yeah. And I heard one the other day from one of our sales reps and he said, you know, now just about every deal has to go through the CFO. Where we weren't seeing that before, but there's such you know you know a tight scrutiny on finances that every project, some that wouldn't have gone through up to that level before, now now are requiring that. Absolutely, and so you have to deal with those different stakeholders and and overcome their objections. They they need to sign off on things, and sometimes you need to speak a different language. CFOs need it's a different type of decision maker than maybe the decision maker that you've been used to before. So you have to reshape your messaging and mm-hmm. make sure you address things like the ROI, what is the exact payback period, what should they expect if they make an investment with with your solution or your product. You need to put it in terms of real dollars and cents if you're working with a CFO. You have to show them your organization will will benefit this much in terms of dollars over this period of time if you go with the solution. And, and you have to make that you have to make sure they believe it, right? You can't you have to come you have to come with evidence. These are these yeah. are fact fact based folks. Yeah, real life examples that you can show them. Exactly. Now, what about field sales? So you you're the CEO of Badger Maps. Your whole expertise and career has been around outside sales or field sales. And now we're in this COVID crisis where you can't go out and sell in the field. So not only do our reps have to deal with all these changes and that the economy's driving, but this whole other aspect of feeling out of the water because they can't go out into the field. Absolutely. What can we do there? How do we bridge this gap of having no face-to-face visits? And we don't know how much longer it's going to go on. Absolutely. And, and, you know, not being able to meet with their customers face to face is, is killing a ton of businesses, as is those businesses not being able to interface with their customers face to face or having to have their place of business closed because it, it is just a face to face type of place. Um, you know, so a lot of things are, are best sold face to face. And if you, if forced to move those, those, those sales cycles to the phone or to Zoom or, to retail or to the internet envi- sales environments, sales cycles are just going to slow down. 
it's harder to communicate value. You know, the relationships aren't there if it, if it's if it was more of a relationship based sale. So a lot of a lot of companies, when you take away their go to market methodology, field sales, they're really at a disadvantage. And so sales is really suffering in a lot of these organizations. And and certainly from from my position at Badger Maps, I work with a lot of field sales teams and I talk to a lot of leaders of field sales teams. And so I'm I'm kind of right on the sideline for a lot of these situations. And so I guess the some of the thoughts in turn I guess to you know in terms of what they can do, the best thing is to stay productive, keep generating new sales cycles and and focusing on on moving existing sales cycles downfield, even if you can't get face to face, demo the product. You need to focus on filling the top of the funnel and you know maybe focus on that more than the middle and the end. If that's kind of where you're getting stuck and, and you're just not able to, if it's just really tough to close your product, close the, the sale without having a demo in person, you, know, you can succeed more at the beginning of the sales fo- funnel, you know, generating interest, getting people engaged. So doing more prospecting, more list building, getting awareness up. And, and then you can, you're, that allows you to focus on, keep your focus on the year and, and being successful over the next 12 months and how many sales you can get over the next 12 months, rather than, you know, how many sales you can get in the next month or quarter. Cause you, you know, you're for reasons that aren't necessarily a sales rep or a, com- a company's fault, they're just not going to make a lot of sales right now. Like if you sell beer to bars, you're just, no matter what you do, you're not going to sell beer to a lot of bars right now if, in, in a, you know, where, if the bars are closed. So yeah, there, there are these that you, it's not that you can do nothing, but you can, it, it's going to be hard to close deals right now, but you can, you can kind of build awareness and, and, and generate kind of set up a whole bunch of bowling pins in the, in, in not just 10. And usually you set up 10 and knock them down and, but maybe you set up a hundred and then later you can knock a whole bunch down, spending time building relationships with your, with your customers, doing things like social selling, I think is huge right now. Like getting and this is obviously a topic big enough to fill a book i mean i've had several top experts in social selling on my on my podcast in the last 6 months and there's some really there's some really great and clever tactics that you can use to generate new leads and deepen existing customer relationships by leveraging social media so there's it's really that's worth looking into and taking a deeper look at today because it's a way you can more people are on social media right now because they're you know because of the the situation socially in the world right now do you think steve that's an area where more reps need coaching just that whole social selling which was taking you know taking steam even before the crisis but now is so important yeah i think that's it, it's a great time to really lean into that i think a lot of reps don't necessarily think about social selling. They don't necessarily know the tricks and tips to getting everything out of their social media platforms that they are. I mentioned I had these guys on my podcast. It's worth checking out those episodes. There's like four or five episodes. And if you want to do a little mini course on social selling. (laughs) (laughs) I'll make sure that we point those out to the the listeners. And I've done a few as well. So we'll, we'll Put a list of all those in the show notes today because that's that is super important that that reps learn how to do this better. Absolutely, I mean, it, it and there it's a uh, it's not necess- a lot of stuff there isn't necessarily intuitive, but it's a great great time to kind of approach it as a team and be like, hey, we're all going to update our LinkedIn profiles like this, and you know, spend an hour in a meeting just kind of going through the, the these ten things that you, to get everybody like the basic blocking and tackling. I you know I see people missing in in, in social selling, so it's a great time to. To focus on that and make sure you're doing doing the best practices there, and that, that applies to our direct sellers as well as our partners. We've got to do a better job training our partner reps 
on social selling. Absolutely. I mean, and it's something that as you know, you can you can learn and then you can bring to your channel, right? You can mm-hmm. put, you can you can develop a little expertise and, and kind of hey, for our industry, it's these these 10 things I've seen be productive and and then you can go to that channel team and 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 show them, give them a little class on it, right? Or 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 I mean, give, give them an email where you send them these resources, right? Yeah. Exactly. Are there other areas that you're seeing where where the reps need coaching today? I'd say negotiation training is absolutely huge right now. Like, I mean, everybody just because of the way margins are being compressed, I think uh, I think that's an area that that everybody basically needs a little a little brush up. I mean, frankly, in a in an economic time of this nature, coaching and generally up leveling up leveling your team's skills is it can be, it's a great time to do that. You know, maybe it's a, a relatively slow time in sales. It's a great time to sharpen the sword, sword in general. You know, and any, this is true for any time of change. It's, it's important to help your team, help your channel adjust to the new world. And, and that's what we're basically looking at in a lot of, in a lot of circumstances is that we're looking at a, effectively a different world. And I, and I, mm-hmm. I think when in, in a time of that nature, a sales manager, you know, this is just a rule of thumb, should be spend, spending 50% of their time coaching their team. So could be pre-call strategizing, could be post-call debriefing, doing joint calls, joining phone calls, Zooms, et cetera could be breaking down a specific opportunity and doing opportunity specific coaching where you're you really focus in on okay let's let's take a microscope to this deal and figure out what we could do at any stage here to to make make things better. I think anything that is making the reps and the teams better counts towards that 50%. I don't think there's any specific rules on on what your channel or or what your sales team needs to be coached on. It really it's dependent on the team and the industry, but you know, huge need right now, probably greater than than almost ever before to to help people out. You know, negotiation training is a no-brainer. There's some great stuff out there mm-hmm. to learn from how to defend your margins, how to how to sell value Every team, no no sales rep could ever not learn a little bit more there and get a little bit better there. I think building pipeline in the new economic reality is some, is an area that you could coach your channel in, coach your sales. That's a tough in. one, isn't it? That in today's it world, it's a tough one. But we 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 need to relearn how we're prospecting to some degree and rethink who is our ideal customer, who who is a great lead right now because it may have shifted a little bit, and we have to be. We have to be mindful of that shift. I mean, in a, in a, in a bad economy, maybe some of you, maybe certain of your customers and your customer base types, certain customer types are in trouble and others aren't. So you have to, sh- maybe, maybe new opportunities have opened up, but we, we do need to often shift a little bit. Yeah, we've made a major shift, I'd say, in our company and, and what we're expecting from partners right now in that pipeline generation. So there are a lot of, lot of focus on that area and, and we still need a lot of help in, in improving on it. What about KPIs? So you mentioned, you know, maybe sales or closing deals is falling off a little bit because you can't do that face-to-face, but you can focus on build a, building the pipeline. Are there other areas of KPIs that sales leaders need to think about changing uh, the way they measure their reps or maybe even the way they comp their reps right now? Yeah, I think so. There, there's definitely, this is something that everybody should look at. Look at your channel, look at how they're being comped. You know, are you comping them on revenue or are you comping them on profit? And there, and there are changes to comp plans that you can that you can use in times like this to 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 kind of get the the outcome you're looking for, right? I mean, the but it, I think in general for KPIs, p- 
people people often have focused on what I would call lagging KPIs with their channel, meaning like revenue, right? Like mm-hmm. cur- current revenue is actually a yeah. lagging KPI. It's a result of the things that you've been doing for months. And I think it's important to evaluate your channel, evaluate um, your reps right now, not just on revenue, but also keep an eye on pipeline building because maybe a great rep isn't generating a lot of revenue, but they're laying a lot of pipe. That's important. Mm-hmm. To, that's important to look at. And, and you need to realign your KPIs and the metrics that you're focused on in your channel uh, it, because your teams are, are going to be performing a bit differently. So, you know, watching, you know, what is the, what is the lead gen generation count? Like what, how many, how many first meetings are you getting? How many qualified deals are you, and uh, opportunities are coming out of those meetings? What, how many presentations are you making to decision makers? If, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're having trouble getting deals over the finish line and actually closing them, looking at things you can measure in the negotiation, look at value selling, digging into your quali- qualified leads. How are you, how are you doing there? If you're struggling with margins, what discounts are are there? Tracking what how, what percentage of deals are coming through with discounts? How is this part of my channel doing at protecting the margins versus you know this other part? I, I think you mentioned changing comp plans. You, you have to be careful with this. If you start comping reps on how many new leads are generated, then you're going to get more leads generated, but you're not necessarily going to get more revenue or profit out of it. You can get skewy, re- you can get skewy results, you know, from a channel if you start comping them on different things. Unintended consequences, there, right? <laughs> Absolutely. If you've got your channel focused on things that aren't revenue producing, then revenue will suffer and those things will go up. So you have to be very careful. Yeah, I think all this stuff needs to be measured and coached upon, but in terms of changing the comp plan away from something like revenue or profitability can get you into trouble. It's dangerous. You, know, you start you start comping on proposals, for example, you're going to get a whole bunch of proposals, but your proposal like close rates are are going to drop way down as the the channel optimizes itself around proposals instead of closed deals. Yeah, that's like comping channel managers on partner recruitment. You know, and they brought in a hundred partners, but if ninety-five of them really aren't a good fit, then then you just paid them for for not much value. Absolutely, and and I'm not saying that you shouldn't make any changes to the comp plan. I think it's a great time to evaluate that. You know, if if you have a product with tightening margins and and your your channels, you know, the the, the there's more discounting coming through the, through uh, up through the channel, or in general, you're just making less money. But you know, I think it's really important to think about how can I defend my margins? What, and and there are changes that you can make to the comp plan there. You know, if you, if you're currently comping your channel or your direct sales team, either on, on revenue, but your margins are compressing, you can consider switching them to a profit margin based comp plan. And, you know, the reason you do that is if imagine your profit margins are 30% and your reps are giving a 15% discount. Now you actually need two deals to be worth as much as one deal was at at the at the full price, and if your if your reps comp plan is aligned with revenue, that fifteen percent discount only costs them fifteen percent of their commission. But if the comp plan is aligned with profit, that fifteen percent discount just costs them half their commission. They'll defend margins a lot better if you align the comp plan and their incentive plan with the profit line instead of with the revenue line. I was going to say if you have competitors who are just really dropping their prices to the floor and you don't want your ups to take that path. You want them to be selling the value of the product and keep those margins up there. Mm-hmm. And that gets right back to the training issue. And it, and in general, you want 
you're you want to design comp plans to be aligned with your business and you know that this doesn't mean change i'm not saying change your reps or your your channels pay or their on target pay i'm just saying change the plan to reward the reps that are generating the most profit and defending the margins and so i think that's a quick fix that a lot of companies can and sales leaders can make that that gets real results what about a different area. So if revenues are down, businesses are under pressure to start cutting costs, right? And fortunately, I'm not in that scenario with our company. We're managing quite well with growth in the company, but I imagine there are quite a few companies out there that are under pressure to cut costs. If you're the head of sales and you're being asked to to reduce costs now, how should you approach it? What should you be doing when you when they come and tell you, hey, you got to cut X percent out of your budget? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, First, I mean, I, I come from the perspective that salespeople are the engine of revenue in an organization. The channel is the engine of revenue in the organization. So if revenue is important to an organization, which it always is, sales and, and, and cutting cuts to your channel are, are one of the last places you should look to make cuts. But, you know, so the, the, the question is less, you know, it's important to make sure you're saying, well, okay, so if, if we make a 20% cut, is that going to cut our revenue also by 20%? Well, is that a problem? And so if, if, if the CFO is coming to you and saying, hey, across the board, just uh, cutting 20% of the costs, you have to make sure you mention to them that, uh, you know, doing that in a sales organization or a channel organization, you're, you're, you're going to, there's going to be a revenue hit to that too, very likely. Now, that being said, if there, if there are weak links in the team, if there's weak parts of the channel that are costing, you know, more money than they're paying, then then you have to make like look for the weak links to to cut costs on in, in is it's the first place to check out for you know low performers who you probably were going to let go of anyway newer reps that haven't scaled up all the way and maybe aren't scaling the way you'd like but you really want to cut very carefully from the bottom and work your way up you know when when thinking about where the weak links are in the team remember that you know one thing that's just changed in the world is that it's not a candidate's market anymore. It's a buyer's market, meaning we're coming off an economy with very low unemployment where it's impossible to hire great sales talent and in general. And so now when you're thinking about your channel, when you're thinking about your direct reps, there's really high unemployment and people that have those types of skill sets. And there's a lot of great reps out there that would love to work at your company. And so you know, you are. it's not a bad time to up-level the team and, and replace the replace the weak parts and you likely will be able to even if you had to make cuts you'll likely be able to bring them back on bring great people back on board right now that's a good point so now's a great time really to to drive more efficiency and effectiveness and productivity by upscaling your team and whether it's your your own reps or your partners too looking at bringing on or or doubling down on more productive people and partners absolutely yeah so on that recruiting topic from a channel perspective, there's partner recruiting. Then from a channel sales perspective, trying to up the, the candidates out in the channel. And maybe that's the same approach. You know, if, As I look at our partners, they could also upscale their channel sales team that, and get a more effective, productive team for us out there. Right. And so this is probably a message that you know, it's worth taking to your, your channel leaders as well, who are mm-hmm. the people that are making decisions on those, on those teams. It is a great time to up-level the team's skills. I mean, a lot of people have brought folks in that, that weren't, maybe weren't perfect in the last few years because it's, it has been such a tough market to hire in. And, and now there, it is a time when, when you can up-level that team. Yeah, that's actually a great opportunity because you're right. Past years, it has been very difficult for partners, particularly when they're competing against you know vendors who have much bigger budgets and 
benefits and all of that. It was tough to find the real top salespeople. Absolutely, yeah. But but now it's really a great time to recruit. The market, you know, the market for hiring great salespeople has been so bad for years, and now it's literally never been better. For, <laughs> in, in my in my recollection, I mean, there's the unemployment so high, and so there's really talented salespeople who have been laid off, they're furloughed, and so you can look to recruit them and you know bring them up to speed, and, and then getting more sales in the relative short run if you if you have the the resources. You know, you can. It, it, and a great way to look at this, I think, is if the, if if adding this channel partner or or bringing this person will bring in more money, you know, at the margin, it doesn't count if you would have gotten the money anyway, like through another rep. But if they're going to bring in more money at the margin than they cost, why wouldn't you hire them if you if you have the money on hand? And you know, a lot of companies are very hesitant to, to invest right now, but it but with sales, it is a little different. You know, ask yourself, you know, what's this? You know, if this guy's going to bring in an extra two hundred grand and it's going to cost me a hundred to have him. I'm going to pay, I'm going to end up paying out a hundred then, you know, it, but, but it's 200 grand in margin and, and it's at the margin, then let's, let's go for it. Yeah. And that's always a, a difficult conversation. I'm having it with our partners now too, trying to get them to invest now in those salespeople. And I think adding that dimension that now is, there's never been a better time recently in recent years to, to make that investment. Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So what do you see happening over time? You know, we're, we're still deep in this COVID environment. Where do you see it going once we get past this pandemic? Are field sales reps, are they going to fade away like the CD player or, you know, are we, are we going 100% virtual? Where do you think we're going? And this, this is kind of your, this is your bread and butter, right? Of what you do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, and at Badger, we help field salespeople. So this is who we, I'm focused on and, and, and absolutely not. Field sales is not dead. You know, face-to-face meetings are crucial for certain types of sales. It it shortens sales cycles, deepens relationships. It, I think it'll always be important that, that both dating and sales may be enhanced by the internet, but the internet will never replace in-person <laughs> dates or in-person sales. So well, let's hope not. field sales is, is here to stay. Yeah, <laughs> field sales is here to stay. But you know. It's really hard to replicate the the connection made with customers that your you know your 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 channel partners out in the field can your 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 direct sales team can in person you know if if it's if you're over, on Zoom or over the phone interactions can be clunky they can be awkward and and these guys in the field really getting face to face with people it's it's just a different experience it, these meetings they allow your channel and your and your team to connect and really understand the the end user the customer and their problems people thrive off of social interaction right and so in person you tap into that human need for for connection and and you can you know there are so many real and lasting relationships that uh, that come out of these interactions and not to mention it's just easier to sell right it's easier to read the room for objections it's easier to gauge how your customer really feels in person sales cycles are are compressed by getting everyone in a room and and figuring things out face to face and that's that always jumps out at me like i've team people that are on the team all over the world right we have different offices and i'll have some problem that like i've talked to a couple times with some guy on our spain team for example and then i'll then when i'm actually in that office you know as soon as you sit down face to face and you you walk out of a room an hour later you like solve the problem right exactly yeah i really miss that and we we mentioned that on a team call we had just last week how we wish we could just jump in a room get a whiteboard and we'd have it mapped out in an hour and figure it out but it's yeah you just can't replace that 
Absolutely, yeah. Well, and, I, and I think that's one reason to think about the the year, not the next, you know, quarter. You know, there, there's a lot of sales cycles will compress as soon as we are able to get out there again. So, you know, we've extended we've extended a bunch of sales cycles with with by locking ourselves in our bedrooms for for six months, but. We, we will compress those sales cycles as soon as we're able to get outside and, and the channel the channel is able to get in front of our, our end users. A lot of deals are going to close with that in that time because of you know that, that'll compress the sales cycle again and so things will come over the line. You know ultimately the decision maker or the CEO doesn't care about having a sales rep drive across town to visit them or fly into town to visit them. They, it's better for them. They, they know it's better. It's, it's, a, it's a use of the, better use of their time and decision makers time is valuable. And so they want you to travel them. It's more convenient. It'll be a better use of their time. And, you know, it's, and it's frankly just a better experience than a phone call. You know, like if you're spending 50 grand with somebody over the course of a year, you, you want them to take, take you out for a steak dinner. You want to know them. You want to look them eye to eye. You want to trust them. And so field sales doesn't go anywhere, right? Like you, if your company doesn't have a field sales team, if you're, or, or a channel team that's getting in front of customers, your competitor will, and they'll get an edge on you. So, yeah. Exactly. I don't think this goes anywhere. Well, I hope not. I can't wait. And for partner recruiting too, it's, you know, and channels is a relationship business. And I, I really miss that. You know, fortunately we have kind of a, a bank of, of, of relationships that we built up, but I think that only lasts so long. You've got to get back in front of them and just have that time together. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm curious, kind of jumping tracks here a little bit about your company, Badger Maps, and you've got a a strong sales background at some of the biggest companies, IBM, HP, Google. How did you go from that to, to founding this company, Badger Maps? And maybe you can just share really quickly what, what you do, what Badger Maps, the, the problem that you're solving for companies. Sure. So what, what Badger Maps done is we, we are a, an application, a piece of software for field salespeople that helps them organize their time in the field, be more efficient, sell more. We do things like we connect into their CRM and take all of their customer data and lay it out on a map for them and then allow them to build routes, plan out their week, focus on the, in, in such a way that it minimizes driving, focuses on the best deals and have the highest probability of closing. We help them figure out who they are given where they're going to be in a geographic area. Okay. So it's an efficiency play effectively. So drive 20% less get 20% more meetings and those meetings are with better people, uh, you know, people that are higher probability and, and, and we basically just give them a tool set to do this. And every rep already does this. They just, they do it by hand. It's like everybody, everybody uses an <laughs> abacus and we give them a calculator basically. Yeah. So. How did you land on that? Were you, was that something you were kind of started doing for yourself and turned it yeah. into a company? Well, my background was in field sales and I was at Google when the iPhone came out basically and the internet was getting faster application there was fine there was the reason there's been this, this explosion of software in the last 15 years is is that we now have these platforms on which to run great pieces of software there's didn't exist before right you didn't have mobile devices like this the browser didn't exist the, the way it does today so now there's all these software products and solutions out there that we really just couldn't make before and so I was at Google working on the map product. I was in charge of their field sales into the Western US. And I, I basically, so I was selling a product that could also solve my own problem if someone would build a piece of software for it. And, <laughs> and it was just, it, it hadn't been solved before because the phones weren't fast enough. The internet, mobile internet wasn't fast enough. The Google Maps API hadn't been built out enough to, to serve to, to serve the map tiles fast enough. And so the all, all kind of, all these things kind of came together 
at the same time. And, you know, I could solve a few of the problems of field salespeople, but it was clear to me at that time there were that the direction and speed of technology was going. I was going to be able to solve a whole bunch more things that field salespeople would, would really find useful. And I understood the problem set because I was one myself. And so, you know, you kind of, we started out just solving a few problems like the mapping pieces and the visualization pieces of your territory and the, that sort of thing. And then we were able to, as things got better and faster, we were able to layer in all these other things, the routing, the scheduling, the, the tools to help figure out who's good to focus on within a given geographic area, the lead generation, all this stuff that you, we do spe- specifically for field salespeople just kind of got layered in on top of that over time. Right. And I saw you have a BA in geography. Did that, so you got the geography BA and the, the sales field sales experience kind of came all, put it all together and you get Badger maps. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I, I'm one of the only geography degrees to ever use the, use the degree, but <laughs> <laughs> It was a funny thing when I was at Google Maps. People were like, you happen to have a geography degree? That's so funny because that's not what I, that's not how I ended up on the Google Maps team. I went to Google originally to work on their search products, and then you know from there I kind of because Google had this new software division for for companies, right? That's not really that's not Google's main business, but they they had just started that, and they had a few products that were on like you know kind of giving Google search to companies, but in, on their internal data was one of their main products. And so I came over to do that primarily, but then I got into the mapping stuff from there and I just happened to have the geography degree by by chance. That's funny. Yeah. Very few of us get to actually exercise the degree we, we first got. We take a lot of different paths. So that's pretty funny. Absolutely. What do you like to do outside mapping, outside field sales? What are your other passions? Well, I, uh, you know, the, these days, <laughs> fairly limited. <laughs> yeah. You know, I used to enjoy such, I, I used to enjoy many activities such as travel and snowboarding. And, uh, I, I still, I still get hiking in. I, that's one of my passions. I enjoy getting out in nature. I used to be a very social person. I had a lot of socialization to do, and now I do a lot less of that, but, uh, you know, th- things will be opening up here. I think, you know, the, this this has an end date on it, right? Like yeah. We'll, we'll, <laughs> We're just not sure when it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it's but approximately we'll have you know by it's August now. By by January, I predict that we'll we'll have solid uh, solid vaccines out, and you know people will you know the front line. It'll go to certain people first. For, not me. I'm I'm kind of last in line. I'm like a young healthy <laughs> guy, but well, young. Quote. I'm going to put air quotes around young. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I think it'll go to the frontline workers first, and then. But I, I think by next summer, you know, the it'll be available to gen- generally to the, the general population and, and life will go back to normal primarily. Yeah, I think so too. Well, I know we share another passion, podcasting. You have your own podcast. You mentioned it a little bit earlier. Yeah. The Outside Sales Talk is the name, right? That's right. Yeah. So the, it's, a, it's a podcast for outside salespeople. You know, we focus on bringing on experts in different areas of of sales. We're obviously about to have you on there to talk about channel sales. and I can't wait. That should be a blast. But yeah, we, we've, there's all these thought leaders out there that are, have ex- deep expertise in different areas. And so I bring them onto that podcast and have them talk about their area of expertise through the lens of knowing that all of our listeners are basically field salespeople and outside salespeople. So it's called Outside Sales Talk. And we just talk about outside sales. It's very, it's very educational because there's not another there's not another podcast for outside sales and, and outside sales really is different than, than inside sales, just like channel sales. There's all these different nuances, right? So that's right. 
that's kind of the area that we've zoomed into and it's been a lot of fun. I, you know, I get to meet a lot of great people. I've learned a lot from it and it's created this really cool resource. Yeah. And you've got a very strong following for it. I'm impressed. Yeah. It's been, you know, it, it surprises me that there wasn't someone focusing on outside salespeople in the past, but you know, just like there's not a lot of tools and applications out there specifically for outside sales, because it is a smaller market than you would guess. A lot of business is done with inside sales or with retail or with, over the internet these days. But, you know, so probably only 15% of salespeople or so are actual outside salespeople. So tools tend not to be built for them because you tend to build software for the masses, right? You build for the, the, the big part of the, the big pile of a group, right? The, the average. And so I think in a lot of, both from a software perspective and from a content and podcast and article, et cetera, perspective, outside sales gets overlooked a bit. Only 15%. That's surprising. I, I would have thought it'd been much more than that. Well, just think about all the retail stores out there. That's all sales, right? I mean, yeah, think about that's all true. People working behind the scenes at you know places like Amazon. That's also they're they're selling, right? But the, but it's a different it's a different type of sales thing. All and all the inside salespeople. But yeah, if you look at like licenses of CRM systems, for example, and like how they're how they're categorized, it depends on the CRM system a little bit. There are some that have bigger, more greater numbers of outside salespeople using their product than others because different CRM systems are kind of focused on different things. But, uh, but on the balance, it's around 15%. Interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to being on the outside sales talk to talk channels. Before we wrap up, was there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd hope we could have talked about? Um, no, I mean, I think we really covered a, a really nice batch of stuff here. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did. We covered a lot of ground. And, and I don't, I don't know if I've had a podcast yet that really focused on the field sales component and certainly not given the, the current crisis. So this has been really helpful. I know my audience is going to enjoy it. And I really appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been really great. All right. We'll talk next month. All right. Take care. <laughs> you too. Bye. Bye-bye. You know, guys, these are all great tips from Steve that, that I think will serve us well during and after this current crisis. So thanks again, Steve, for coming on the show and sharing that with us. You can check out the highlights of today's show on my website at channeljourneys.com backslash CJ57. That's the shortcut. While you're there, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode, especially the next one where I'll be talking to a channel pro who's an expert in setting up and growing SaaS MSP channels. That's an area that's really kicking off and taking off, especially uh, since this crisis started. So also be sure to check out Steve's Outside Sales, Outside Sales Talk podcast, Outside Sales Talk. It's his podcast, especially the episode where he interviews me. That'll be coming up. Until then, call your partners and thank them for all they do and have an awesome channel journey. Thanks for listening to Channel Journeys. For show notes and other Channel Journey podcasts, visit channeljourneys.com. If you liked today's show, please forward it to your channel friends and be sure to tune in for Rob's next channel adventure.